Welcome to the Manifestor's Journey podcast. I'm your host, Candy Nairobi Santana, law graduate turned actress, author, and producer. I believe life is all about creating from a place of wisdom, love, and courage. Each episode, we will bring you inspiring stories and messages to help you create your dream life today. Hi, everyone. I am so excited to welcome you to season two of the Manifestor's Journey podcast. I'm so grateful to all of our listeners from all around the world, from Japan, the Dominican Republic, New York, the UK, everyone. For each listener, I am so grateful for you and thank you for tuning in. This season, we have a very exciting guest and so many inspirational stories from artists, entrepreneurs, hairstylists, actors, creatives. So I'm very, very excited for you guys to hear them. Uh, This first episode is with guest Chris P. Chris is an actor performing on hit TV shows such as NBC's This Is Us and Tyler Perry's Of Loving You Is Wrong. A lifelong athlete and natural performer, Chris Pimpkin's rigorous workouts and infectious energy have garnered him a following in LA's booming fitness scene. He is a Philly native and has played a variety of sports, including basketball, football, baseball, and now is a Soul Cycle instructor and box union instructor. Chris shared his journey to becoming an actor and the challenges he faced and what he had to overcome to accomplish his dreams and how he stays motivated. So I hope you guys enjoy this episode and hear about his wonderful journey to coming to Los Angeles and what he overcame. I think it's very important to make sure that you guys hear stories like this because you may be going through a situation right now that you feel is permanent, but I promise you it's temporary. So that's why we have this podcast. I hope you guys enjoy this episode. Also, we now are on YouTube. So make sure you head to YouTube, Candy Night TV, and there you will find the video version of this episode. Make sure to like, subscribe, and share. Share this episode if you feel someone else would love to hear this or will be motivated by this. Again, thank you so much for tuning in and enjoy. Chris, thank you so much for coming on. Thank you for having me. Thank you, listeners, for tuning in. Mm -hmm. It's a pleasure to have you on this podcast. Um, There's so much that we're going to talk about, um, but before we get started, I just want to say I really like what you represent as an actor. Just your overall positivity, Mm -hmm. and I've been in your classes too, so I'm saying this as a soul cycle writer. You're excellent, okay? (laughs) Thank you. I appreciate Um, it. So it's really nice to have you on, and... I want to start right away with your story with Tyler Perry because okay. I knew about you before I even met you, hearing that story okay. of how you got on that show. Yeah. Um, so you're from Philly. Yes. And did you start Soul Cycle in Philly or? No, no. So, I mean, if I just, I guess to start from the beginning, mm-hmm. I moved to Los Angeles five days before my 24th birthday, nice. which was uh, January 30th, 2014. I turned 24 in February 3rd, 2014. So before I moved here, I had a salesman job. Sales, doing what? Sales. So I used to sell mandolin slicers in Walmart okay, and grocery stores. And if you don't know what a mandolin slicer is, it is a piece of plastic with a blade on it, and it, it, it impeccably slices tomatoes and cucumbers <laughs> and apples and all that type of shit. Well, can I curse? Yeah. No, okay, yeah, cool. Yeah. Um, yeah, so it, it slices vegetables very great. So I would do... I would make an announcement in the store like, good evening, blah, blah, blah. In no two way. minutes, yep, in two minutes, we're handing out free gifts to all of the adult shoppers. That is in two minutes in blah, blah, blah location over there. 
People would come over. I hand them a free gift, no. and I'm like, "But wait, there's this other thing." I pull out the mandolin slicer. I would do the demonstration, mm. and yeah, I mean, it was it wasn't too bad though. We get seven dollars per sale, mm-hmm. so that job got me to LA because I could work anywhere in oh, America okay, where okay. Walmart was. Mm-hmm. Why LA? What made you? Uh, did you always know you wanted to be an actor, and that's why you thought, "Let me go to LA"? Or no, no, no. It, I mean, I was in college. I went to a school called Millersville University, and I majored in communications. My mom worked for radio. Okay. station in uh, in Philly and we were saying back then like oh we should have like a radio show together so that made me want to go to school for nice. like communications broadcasting mm-hmm. but no I was doing very poorly in school I was just worried about girls and uh, <laughs> I uh, dropped out went to community college and then took an acting class and then Ooh. that's when I learned that I wanted to become an actor because essentially sales you got to be a good actor come yes. on <laughs> to make these sales and like what mm-hmm. you were selling wasn't easy to no. sell no no no, no 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 uh, I mean, you know, it wasn't easy at all. Like there would be times where I would sell nothing, and there'd be uh, times where I sold like thirty in a day, which was which was great. a great day, mm-hmm, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I mean that that job though, and then mixed with you know me realizing I wanted to be an actor when I went to the community college, with that job got me to Los Angeles. Okay. So I met a group of people. We filmed like this independent project in Philly, mm-hmm. and we were like, it, it worked out well, and we said we have to move to LA together. So that's when we all moved to LA. So together. you you came with a group of people here. It was me, my girlfriend, my old roommate Derek Metellus, and my other old roommate um, Adam Charlton. Nice. So me, Derek, and Adam. Derek is the is the writer. So he created the show called Quarter Life Crisis. He cast us in the show. Mm-hmm. He saved up all of his money. He did all that good stuff. We filmed it. We showed it in Philly, and we're like, no, we got to move to LA because that's just where we need to be. Mm-hmm. Like we had this concept. Uh, we had this thing that we think like, oh, we made it in Philly and then moved to LA can work out. Right. But no, we knew we had to come to LA to actually mm-hmm. like pursue. Mm-hmm. So you come to LA. Mm-hmm. Tell me how you got involved with Soul after that. Were you always into fitness and? I was always into fitness. I have a group of friends that um, they all play football, so I just knew a bunch you of. You were like that. Mm-hmm. I was that guy. I played. I, I played all the sports growing mm-hmm. up as well. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I was doing the demonstration job, and my time was just taken away. Like I was working seven days a week sometimes. So I said, I need to find a job that gives me time and gives me money. Mm. So my friend Rashad, his older brother's wife now, she was an instructor at SoulCycle in New York City. Mm -hmm. So he put me in contact with her. We were uh, via email connecting back and forth. And then she was like, oh, I'll set you up with some classes and we'll see how it goes from there. So Mm -hmm. she put me down as a soul R. So soul means soul recruit. So it's like they recruited me. I took my first class Memorial Day in 2014, and wow. yeah, I took my first class, and I was like, wow, this is interesting. I had no idea what I was getting myself into, and I took classes for a solid two to three months. Mm-hmm. Then after you take classes for two to three months, you have to audition to be an instructor. Right. Now, one thing about the instructors at SoulCycle, you have to train in New York. You can only train, come out of New York, basically. At that time, you can only okay. come out of New York. Um, so... No, no, not come out of New York. You can only you have train to go there. back. You have to go back to oh, New York and train okay, there. Okay, okay. And it didn't pay for you to go Oof. and train. So you have to like make it work. Right. And you get paid while you're in training, but you just have to make it work while you're right. there. Mm-hmm. I just moved to LA. Didn't have money to do that. Didn't have money. To, I barely had money to feed myself. So um, that was a bit of a dilemma. But still, mm-hmm. I auditioned anyway. The audition went really well. This was in August now, and yeah, about a week. About a month passes, and they're like, okay, we're going to accept you into the training program. Nice. And then um, my brother, my Rashad, his older brother's wife, 
she said, just wait. I feel like they're going to do an L.A. training. And then luckily that year I did the very first Los Angeles oh training. My, your story is just filled <laughs> with those kind yeah. of like divine timing opportunities being brought to you. Exactly. Do you feel that? Right now, I, I very much so do. At the time, I don't think I was like... It was like of it maybe? I wasn't conscious of it. I didn't. Mm. I didn't realize like the magnitude of everything that was happening mm. at that time. Mm-hmm. I was. I was obviously very grateful. And the biggest thing I said when I moved to LA, I was like, I'm going to say yes to all invitations when I moved to LA. Mm. So let's say like if I'm tired, even if I have to do this, I'm going to say yes because I don't know who I'm going to meet. I don't know anyone, and I'm just going to see where that kind of leads me. to. I feel like you still have that yes personality though. I feel like you still embody the yes, open to opportunities. Yes, I'm open to doing Very what much I so. need to do. Very you much know, so. You carry that yeah. with you for sure. For, for sure. So LA training. LA training. Um, yeah, we did the LA training, and still before, like during this time frame, I was still working at the demonstration job. I also started teaching swim lessons. Oh my goodness. I had, mm-hmm. I was, yeah, I, I didn't have as much money at the time, but it was enough to kind of like set everything up for now. Right. So we do the LA training. Humble beginnings. That's, that's great. Humble you know, beginnings. everyone starts differently. And I said this in a previous episode about taking this, even the small steps matter yeah. so much. So much. So mm-hmm. much. I mean, there's times we like went to the food bank because it was like, yeah. It was just, like that. It was like mm-hmm. that at times. Mm-hmm. But it's cool. You know, it was all the setup for now, mm-hmm. which I'm grateful for. Mm-hmm. Thank you for sharing that. That's so of honest. Course, of course. And so real. Of course. You know what I mean? I, I know because I met you now, so I met you at this point. Yeah. You, It just looks like, oh, he just effortlessly got there. No. You know? <laughs> He's no. just this guy. He's got it going on, no. you know? But no. to know your journey is, this is why I have this podcast. Even you know? to backtrack, like, I only had $1,300 saved when I moved here. Right. And we got approved for our apartment the day before I left Philly. Wow. Like, literally the day before. Right. Mm-hmm. So that was, like... And the job I had, they could have put me up in a motel while I worked at the Walmart, and I had to just pay for half of it. And I was just like, "Fuck it, that's what I'm going to do if I have right. to do that." But we got to prove the day before. So, wow. so you did the LA training. Uh-huh. What brought you to Atlanta, though? So the LA training, even so, LA training, right? Mm-hmm. This is in October now. Mm-hmm. We do that. It's about four to five weeks. You have to do this thing called a community class. Mm-hmm. That's like a free class you teach to the public. Right, right. Mm-hmm. They come. It's like our final test. So you have to do two of them. I did two of them, and they were like, okay, you're ready to go on the schedule now. It's now November. I stay in L.A. for Thanksgiving and Christmas. I didn't go back to Philly. I stayed here, and I was working, and um, I quit my demonstration job in December. That was exciting. The bold. And then I did only Soul Cycle. Was it scary <clears throat> to do it, like to quit that? It wasn't. It was scary because I wasn't teaching enough classes to pay my rent Ooh, at the time. So you didn't, you didn't do this at like the height of Soul Cycle. You were like, I believe in this. I can do it now. Exactly, mm-hmm. exactly. Because for me, I only taught like four to five classes a week mm-hmm. for a good four months. Wow. And I needed to teach more than that to kind of to survive and like have like money to do mm-hmm. things that I want to do. Right. Um, but I guess if I fast forward a little bit after uh, like like four, let's say like in January, I'm, I'm teaching a class and this woman named Stacy Dutton comes to me after class and says, are you an actor? And I said, yes, I'm an actor. And she was like, oh, okay, I'm a casting director. I want you to come and audition for this show. So this was uh, this was in January at the time. And I was like, this is amazing. She gives me her information. I call her that day. She told me to come downtown. Mm-hmm. And she was casting this um, show called Cry Wolf. Mm-hmm. And it was a non-union reenactment show on Discovery ID. Mm-hmm. So I go, <laughs> I audition <laughs> for this show. We know how we feel about those. Uh-huh, uh-huh, uh-huh. <laughs> but this is the first thing ever. I'm like, oh. You're this like, is- I'm on it. <laughs> Hell yeah. I'm like, this is amazing. I would love to come audition for the show. Right. 
And she's still like a great friend to me now today, which is amazing. Mm -hmm. I go down there, audition for her. It went well. She called me afterwards, like the director loved you. And then I finally, I uh, they called me like the day after that, and I booked that, and that Mm -hmm. was like the first like paid acting job I had. Yeah. And I was like, I made it. This is great. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. I was like, I made it. This is great. And and I said to myself, I wanted to be on TV before my 25th birthday, and this Mm -hmm. was like. Right before this was right before my twenty fifth birthday, nice. which was exciting. Mm-hmm. Um, and then that same lady referred me to my first Stacy Dutton. She referred me to my first commercial agent. Mm-hmm. And like a week after my birthday, I had two auditions: one for an NBA commercial, one for a Dairy Queen commercial. Mm-hmm. And I booked both of those. I love how you remember each one too because oh, yeah. once you do so many you're like oh, I don't even remember how many I've done you know well like I learned my, my 2014 was a setup for 2015 like mm. 2015 everything changed right like everything changed the amount of money I made the, the people I was with like everything just shifted mm. um, but it was great because I didn't know about everything so the NBA commercial was a non-union commercial and the Dairy Queen was a SAG national commercial so you became SAG eligible right away no, so no, I became SAG eligible in November because my friend did a, pro- a SAG project. Oh, okay, and okay, okay. Hardly mm-hmm. um, so I think that's another reason why I was able to get the agent because I was right. already SAG eligible. Right, right, right. Um, but yeah, that I uh, that was the first that was the first two commercials I did. Mm-hmm. Now, if I fast forward to April, um, Kylie, that's her name. My old my friend Rashad, his older brother's wife. She was like, "Hey, Chris, what do you feel about going to Atlanta and teaching Soul Cycle?" at Tyler Perry Studios. And I was like, honestly, my first thought was like, I don't think I can. I just booked two commercials. I'm right. killing it in LA. I shouldn't leave, okay. shouldn't leave this momentum. So I spoke to like my parents about it, um, friends, girlfriend about it, and they were like, you're stupid, you should you should go. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so an hour goes by, a text was like, yeah, I'll go. So they're like, okay, cool, you'll go in a month from now. I'm like, great. The next day they call me back, it's like, no, you're gonna go in two weeks. Oh my goodness. <laughs> and they wanted me to go for six months initially. How long were you there for? Three months. Okay. There for three months. So the way... Only three months. Oh, I, I love it. Only three months. Three months. Um, so I go down to Atlanta. Mm-hmm. They fly me out. They put me up in corporate housing, all that good stuff. Mm-hmm. The apartment I was staying in was way nicer than the apartment that yeah, I had in LA. Because <laughs> it was also four of us in a two-bedroom apartment in my right. LA apartment. Like, we shared a room. Mm-hmm. Like, college style. Mm-hmm. So I get there. We do the sound. I get there on a Saturday. So Monday comes, right? And I have to go and to the studio and meet Tyler Perry for the first time, meet all the people. He had 400 employees. They were in the class. There was only 30 bikes, but they, there was two classes every day. Mm-hmm. Luckily, Angela Davis, she's a great friend of mine, a mentor of mine, she taught the first two classes. So I plugged my phone in on Sunday night, and it was one of those outlets where you have to turn on the light switch for it to work. So my phone died. Mm. I had to be there at 6.30 a.m. No, Chris. So I was late. <laughs> I was late. Uh, and I remember waking up at like 4.30 a.m. and looking at my phone. I was like, oh, I got time. No. And I didn't realize it. I woke up at like 7. I needed to be there at 6.30. So I just now get to Atlanta. My phone was dead. I had to be there. So I'm like, fuck it. I'm just going to get in the car and try and drive there off memory. No. So, <laughs> so oh my goodness! I get in the car, try to drive there off memory, and obviously I'm going the wrong direction. <laughs> I had the outlet in the car, so I plug my phone in. Finally, the ph- phone turns on, and then I get there at like seven thirty. No, an hour late. An hour late. Mm-hmm. An hour late. So six thirty was already a half hour early. So I got there, I guess, a half hour after okay. the class started. Mm-hmm. 
And so I was there for the second class, but Tyler Perry took the first class. So I, on the way there, I know. On the way there, I'm like, they're going to send me back home. I'm going to get fired from SoulCycle. Like, Fear everything's just about probably to be over. took the driver's seat in that moment and was yeah. like, you're done. I remember waking up and I yelled very loudly. Like, Aww. I just yelled. Because I was, yeah, it was just, I didn't know what was going to happen. Right. But thank God Angela was there and Angela, and she told me Tyler Perry was pissed and she was like, Chris is not like this. He wouldn't do this. Like, something's going wrong. Mm-hmm. So I thought my power went out. So that's what I said. I said my, mm-hmm. my power went out because I set my alarm. Mm-hmm. And also when I set my alarms, like, if I have to wake up that early, I'll put 530, 531, Oh, my gosh. I have 531, 532, 533. <laughs> I have every minute I do yep, the same yep. thing. I do the same. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, but after that blows over, um, I start teaching the classes Monday through Friday. At 6 a.m. and 7.30 a.m. Mm-hmm. And I remember it was like two or three days after that, I went up into Tyler Perry's office. And um, he was like, you're what do you? He was like, you're only in Atlanta for me, right? And I was like, no, well, actually, I'm an actor. And You just told him. Straight up, straight up. That was the biggest thing I said to myself before I moved to L.A. too. I was like, I'm going to tell every single person I'm an actor. That you are this thing. That like, I am this nah, thing. I'm don't. not afraid. Right. I'm not afraid. Because right. people are like, oh, like there's times people say, oh, like everyone else. And I'm like, yes, exactly like everyone I, else. You know, living here, I feel that more than when I was in New York. Mm-hmm. In New York, it's different. And I also noticed a difference between I'm in law school yeah. and I'm an actor. Yeah. I'm in law school. Wow, great, amazing. You must be intelligent. I'm yeah. an actor. Oh. Yep. What if what can we see you on? You know? Yep. People like tangible things. Right. You know? Right. But even right. still, too, I feel like for your story, as you being in law school and being an actor, people would even respect that more because they're like, wow, this intelligent woman chose to leave this like guaranteed field, you know? Right, right, right. Um, yeah, I get mixed like that would are you sure about that? And yep. people are like, are you going to take the bar exam? I'm like, I'm not even going to go down that rabbit hole. It's not what I want, yep. you know? Good so, you. so you, but I can't imagine <laughs> like walking into Tyler Perry's office yep. and saying, I'm an actor. Yep. Straight up, straight up. You like, know? I am an actor. And he was, the first thing he said, he was like, oh, well, we can just put you on one of the shows. Oh my <laughs> goodness. How did you feel? Uh, again, at that time, I didn't realize like the magnitude. I didn't realize how big of a deal that was. And I was just like, Wow, I mean, that would be amazing. Like, I feel wow. like that was my response. And it wasn't like, oh my gosh, yes, like, I'm ready now. Like, I didn't say that, which I wish I would have said that because that's how I felt. I don't know how I would react if he would have said that no. to me. I had this first thing, though, too. I had this thought of, like, I'm going to treat celebrities like they're normal people because they are right. normal people. So I feel mm-hmm. like I used to, like, there was something internally in me that I said, like, no, nah, I'm not going to make anything bigger than You're it not going to fangirl this exactly. situation. Exactly. Yeah. So he's just like, We'll bring you on. Yeah, he straight up said, we'll put you on the shows. And I was like, I've I would seen, I've love, seen you I on the show. That. I've seen you. I was like, oh my goodness. Thank you. story is insane. Yeah, when people uh, recognize me, they always say, you made me cry on TV, which makes yeah. me like, I'm like, I'm sorry. Yeah, because it's the scene that you're crying in. I'm like, <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> exactly. Um, so just like that. So, no, so, I mean, yes and no. So like, he says that, again, I was teaching the classes every day, Monday through Friday from 7 a.m. At, at 6 a.m. and 7.30 a.m. Okay. Um, so he took class every day at seven thirty. So I got to know him. I walked around the campus. Um, I got to meet the people that were working there. You know, mm-hmm. the people in the account department, like all the people that work behind the scenes. I got to meet them all, develop mm-hmm. relationships with them. Um, I just met Raven, and I just went to the studio there. Raven, yeah. I love Raven. Raven I would see awesome. her. She would come to class every every day. Also, yeah, yeah. She's very down to earth. Super awesome. And that was another cool thing about Tyler Perry Studios. Like the people there 
were very down to earth mm-hmm. and just like welcoming. Right, right, very right. Very welcoming. Right. I learned that Southern hospitality is a real it's thing. It's a real thing, yeah. Like I love Atlanta. It's a very real thing. My stepdad's from the South and I think it's a real thing for sure. For sure. Especially mm-hmm. from, I mean, you're from New York. I'm from mm-hmm. Philly. So <laughs> we're similar though. New York and Philly, we kind of oh, have so the similar. same like, you know, mentality and like approach yeah. to things, you know. I'll never forget the first time I visited Philly after I, from LA, I just, I was getting on a train home and the dude that was working was just pissed off, just like, <laughs> <laughs> like, you felt the energy, I just right? Felt the energy. Right. So, <laughs> so I can relate so much. I lived in Miami for a year, and I would mm. go to New York and be like, ah, I can't deal with this. Yeah, it's, it's not a, to knock it, but of course, of course. I mean, but it's also yeah. a hustle and bustle of the East Coast that we have too. So, like, you know, right. Every, right, right, everything right. has its pros and its cons. Right. So, um, after that, you did they like? How did how did you end up on the show? Did they write something for you? Did they cast you in something? Did you audition? Like, what was the process? So. After that? So 10 weeks later, Tyler Perry was like... Oh, my goodness, 10 weeks. 10 weeks later. Did you wake up every day, like... <laughs> well, no, like no. Hair? I mean, I was with them every single day. and got like, it. I, And I got to hang out with the cast, and, like, we would do things sometimes. Like, we... I flew to Memphis one time, and mm-hmm. we... um, I got to see his show. Mm-hmm. I, like, went on a private jet for the first time. Mm-hmm. We went to, the like, the whole cast. We went to the Bahamas, and, like, right. rode SoulCycle. Like, right. It so was, you were experiencing I was this experience- during this time. Everything at that time was new experiences for me. Mm-hmm. Like, I went to a rat party for the first time when I learned that people give that everything is free in terms of alcohol mm. which is was an experience because <laughs> right, 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 I didn't right. know that how, that's how that worked yeah. so mm-hmm. I remember me trying to run home at 4am one morning because I was like I could do it and yeah but we, we won't get into that <laughs> we, uh, we won't tell that story, <laughs> tell that story. <laughs> um, but yeah. Uh, yeah so 10 weeks so th- during that time I'm getting to know everybody 10 weeks passed Tyler Perry says he was like I, I wrote this part I want you to read for this part and I'm like, Does, we're talking about the beginning of your career. The beginning, the beginning. right. The only thing I had so far was the two commercials in the the uh, non-union reenactment show. And you're getting a I wrote this part, read it. I wrote Which this part. that's like what actors are like. I can't wait till this yep. director says that to me. Yep, exactly. And I remember I was I, now I I was like great. I, I would love that. And I text mm-hmm. my mom, my dad, my brother. Like, we have this group chat. <laughs> text my girlfriend and text all my uh, friends at home. Like yo. <laughs> Shit is about to go down. <laughs> I'm about to make it. I'm real about quick. to make it real quick. Exactly. And um, yeah, so he gave me. He was like, he didn't have the sides though for my character. He gave me sides for a different character. Okay. He gave me two two sides. I went home. Uh, it was probably uh, it was probably maybe noon. Let's say noon Wednesday. Mm-hmm. Um, I had to go back Thursday. I went home the whole day. I just read over the scripts, mm-hmm. read over it, did it back and forth. The next day, I go in. Um, and Tyler Perry wasn't there at the moment. So I auditioned in front of Raven, mm-hmm. Mark Swinton, um, who was a, one of the producers of the show. It was Brittany, who was the assistant, and it was one other person. So we did it like maybe six or seven times. Mm-hmm. And we're trying to, you know, get it down, record it so we can give it to Tyler. So Mark looks out the window. I was like, oh, Tyler Perry's walking in. Let's go just do it in front of him. I was like, all right. <laughs> did, you feel, did you feel nervous or like do you have... A technique or something that helps you like stay in the moment. So I mean, I I definitely felt butterflies beforehand, but I have this thing like when I do things for the first time, that I'm not as nervous as if I'm doing it like the hundredth time, let's mm. say, because it's so new, and I don't necessarily understand it. And I think because of my lack of understanding, I'm like, okay, I'm gonna just go in there and do my best at this, mm-hmm. and then whatever happens happens because I don't necessarily even know what the outcome is. Right. Right. That's so, a very that's a very good approach. It's a good and bad approach because I feel like it was like my lack of knowledge that helped me be extra comfortable. 
Right. You know, because if you know, I mean, that's, that's what it is as we age, right? The older we get, the, the more, more like know. the more we know, right, and like right. like we're not going to jump off of a cliff anymore because we <laughs> we know that shit is we might die. You know, right. <laughs> I find that too, and I'm sure a lot of actors once you know who you're going in the room for, mm-hmm. you're like, oh my god, I'm going mm-hmm. in for this person. But I think if we do what you say, kind of like take that away and exactly. just go in there to your person. Like, exactly. See how it goes. Like, and even now in my stage of my career, like. Even my first audition, I'm good. But when I get the callbacks, I kind of get nervous sometimes. It comes up a little bit. So he walked in the room. So he no, he walked to his office, and then Mark was like, okay, mm-hmm. Tyler said so we can audition in front of him. So right. we walk upstairs to his office. Um, we do the first scene, and the first scene was cool. And he's like, all right, let's do the second scene. And I remember I was, like, shaking my hand like this, and he's like, stop moving your hand. I was like, because I was on the phone on the scene. The next scene, it was, like, a scene of me, like, speaking to a speaking to a woman, it was like a more intimate scene. Mm-hmm. And I just remember feeling like, this shit is going so well. Like, I remember really? having that feeling, like, for that scene. And I just remember him, I could see him on my peripheral, just like this. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And um, we do the scene, and he was like, Chris, that was really good. He's like, go walk, walk out in the hallway really quickly. So I was like, okay, go out in the hallway. Chris, I would be, like, trembling outside. <laughs> <laughs> I would be like, no, you know, okay, I was trying no to stay problem. poised, you know, keep myself together. I go out in the hallway. I just sit yeah. and I wait. Yeah. And it was probably, like, five minutes. And then he called me back in. He was like, Chris, that was a really good job. Um, I want to offer you the part. There's so many things, everyone, that are so, unconven- <laughs> so unconventional with the story. Yep. First of all, we don't find out within five minutes. No, never. Never, right? ever. No. You don't find that on the spot. Nope. nope. And you don't have Tyler Perry say, come into my office and let's do this. Yeah. Nope. So for me, I love your story so much because it's just, it's like divine. You are placed exactly where you need to be. Yep. And then your attitude matching that makes this such an amazing story. Like, your career is going to go places. We know that. But I just appreciate that. this like just listening to it, you're yeah. like, man, anything can happen. Mm-hmm. Anything can happen. You and know? that was the biggest thing I learned from that. Just like if you if you just allow yourself to be in this space and like connect with people, you never know where it'll take you. Right. Like cause like there's just and it's not even like, oh, this person can give me this. It's just you like being exactly who you are and then you're gonna attract those right. people too. Right. And you know, Getting on a show like that has now brought you on what's another show? Another show. But even still, like even so like when I got that role, Tyler mm-hmm. Perry was like, You're in three episodes right now. You might die. I'm like, shit, you gave me three lines. Shoot. I'd, have been, I'd have been cool. Right. But those three episodes turned into two seasons and twenty six episodes. Right. And and that just it was it was it like was crazy. Blowing, right. And then I have I remember I sent all the money to my agent. So when I did finally, when everything was over, and I was like, thank you, um, I went back to L.A., got my checks and stuff from my agent. And mm-hmm. that, that day was a... Uh, a nice day for you. That day was a good day. <laughs> I <laughs> could imagine. That, that, that felt really... It's yeah. one thing to make money, but it's another thing to make money doing what you love to do. Exactly. You know? Exactly. So you came back, and now we've got you on a... You're on this very... Two episodes. I am in two episodes. Let's just talk about that again. <laughs> not three lines, not, uh, you know, two episodes, two episodes of This Is Us. Of This Is Us. And it was so nice seeing you on the episode again, knowing your story. Thank right? You. I so you're that. like, oh my goodness, this is this show was a hit last year. And mm-hmm. he's already on year two. He's on the show. Year mm-hmm. three, right? Um, and it's like, you know, we just talked about, like, the things that we deal with as actors, auditioning and management, all these uncertain things that happen. Mm-hmm. But 
you're on a show that's a pretty big deal. Yeah, yeah, it's a very... <laughs> and and who knows if there's more episodes out of that one. Who knows, right? Yeah, I mean, when I was there last time, the writer did tell me, she was like, there'll be more. And I was like... I mean, that's Chris. Exciting. <laughs> that's <Yeah>. exciting. <laughs> but it, yeah. There's so many moments I would have walked out of a lot of things. Like, uh, oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> that was one of those you moments. Know? But now I realize the magnitude of things. Like the now, blessing. like now, like right. just like you, as you age and mature as a... As an individual, you just right. you re- you see the blessing more, you know. You, right. And which I am like, and it's just the people I'm around. Like I, li- I like to live in this space of gratitude because I know how fortunate and how blessed that I am. You are, you know. Right. And um, yeah, it's it's great. I remember getting the audition for This Is Us, and I took a nap. <laughs> that's what I do. I like naps. I took, took a, a nap. nap. I woke up, saw my manager or my agent sent me an audition. I was like, oh, this is for This Is Us. Mm-hmm. It was Friday. Mm-hmm. Um. Yeah, I, I I saw that and I was like, okay, and it said possibly recurring, and I was nice. like, this is amazing. That's always a good thing when you see that. Is, mm-hmm. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Had the whole weekend of the script. I auditioned nice. for it you on had Monday. Nice. Good time. I had a good time. I had a good mm-hmm. time. So the funny thing about the audition for This Is Us though is that when I got, I thought the audition was at 10 a.m. Yeah. Stuff like <laughs> where, that. Where is happen. this going? <laughs> <laughs> but no, I, it was good. Actually, the audition was at 11 a.m. Oh, so okay. I it was good, at good, 10 good, 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 good. So I get there at 10 a.m. No. And no one's there. And I'm like, well, it was me. It was like the room like this. Like it's me and the uh, the assistant of the casting office. And then I write my name in. I'm just waiting patiently. And like it's like 10, 15. I'm like, um. What's up? I looked at my phone. I'm like, oh, the audition's at 11 a.m. We're going to get you uh, <laughs> some nice watches and exactly. working phones. Exactly. No, it's just, I just need to take my time more. Just like right. if I had to look. But you're doing said, a lot. I am doing a lot. I am doing a lot. You know, that's that's a sometimes when you're doing so many different things, you'll miss that. But you yeah. missed it in a good way. You got there early. You got there early. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Um, and that audition, it, I remember that going so well. I went first. And ever since that audition, I was like, oh, I need to get early everywhere. If you, it felt better knowing that you had time. felt better knowing I had time and felt better knowing that I was the first person in the room that kind of set the tone of what people sure. think the character is going to act like. That's and good. That's good. It just, I just, I remember that going well, too. And mm-hmm. then they called me on Wednesday, and my agent called me Wednesday. I was like, hey, well, the, this is us wants to know if you're willing to shave your hair for, like, a 90s haircut. I'm like, of course I'll shave my hair you're for like, a 90s haircut. You're like, where's the, where, where <laughs> do I need the, what, is, what are those things called, the razor or whatever? The ra- exactly. Yeah, the clippers. <laughs> I'm like, I'll do it right now. <laughs> do I need to ask <laughs> on the phone? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Um, so they asked you that, and obviously you did it. Obviously, I said yes, mm-hmm. and then they were like, "Okay, casting's asking about you. We'll we'll get back to you, let you know." And this is Wednesday, and then Thursday comes, no call yet. Oh, Friday man. comes, I'm like, "All right, I gotta call today, or I have to wait till Monday." Of course, they didn't call on Friday. Oh, so, but then Monday comes, I was sleeping because uh, I didn't have to teach a class till five thirty, six thirty p.m. Mm-hmm. And then my manager and agent called me like on three way. It was like, yeah, yeah, that's awesome. <laughs> yeah, it was it was it was cool. It was exciting. Yeah, um, went straight into my my mom was my roommate at the time. Went straight mm-hmm. into uh, to her room. Was like, yo, I booked it. And then it was, <laughs> how how tell me about your family because as artists, you know. Some of us get support, some of us don't. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, um, you know, like for me, everyone was like, you're, you're going to be an actor? Great. Yeah. You know, it's in alignment with who you are. Go ahead. For sure. But I don't think we're the majority, mm-hmm. you know. So how's your family with that? Um, I couldn't ask for a more supportive family. Like growing up, I played baseball, basketball, football, ran track, I pole vaulted. Like, I was always in the space of, like, my family made me believe that I can do what I want to do, mm. which I'm super grateful for. Like, my, my mom and my dad made me, like, they would, 
my mom would come to every single thing that I had, like mm-hmm. with any sports event I had, like everything. She would always be there. Mm-hmm. And again, that was one of those things that back then I didn't even realize how important, how important. that was. Right. We're kind of like naive to. We're not so naive to it. To what that means. And like now it's like, wow, thank you, mom. Like, thank you for like being there, you know? Right. It was right. cool. Mm-hmm. It's it it great. So it sounds like gratitude plays a really big role in your life. Huge. You know? Huge. Um, I want to switch gears a little bit and talk about stay cool. Mm. Right. Yeah. So tell me about you said it's a human performance company. Yeah. Tell me what inspired you to do that and how are you balancing it all? You know, as actors, we have auditions that can come up. Hey, you got to be here tomorrow, 10 a.m. Yeah. You're teaching a class and you also have this. Yeah. And I just went to your play as well. So you produce that. Yeah. How do you manage it all? Like what is what does your day look like? Um. <laughs> It's probably a little crazy. It's a little, it's a little chaotic sometimes. Like even right after this, I have an audition. Um, right. Good luck. Good luck. Thank you. Thank <laughs> you. Um, but so, so I guess to backtrack, I grew up. I have a, a close circle of friends. There's 13 of us, and we all grew up together, and we're all still great friends now to this day. And we're all doing things in our respective fields, like me being an actor, um, other friends that graduated from Ivy League schools like Cornell, another friend that plays for the Cowboys currently, mm-hmm. another friend that played for the Giants the year they won the Super Bowl, I have another friend that's another soul cycle instructor. Uh, for, like, accountants and the ones that's pursuing his like right. directing and all that good stuff too like just friends like a fashion designer like just friends that are really like doing it doing it and like and we all grew up together like mm-hmm. are like that's not like oh yeah that's my homie like, like we're like those are my friends family that's my family exactly mm-hmm. those are my brothers so we uh, just growing up we we went through a couple names we called ourselves the fly asses before <laughs> I remember I had a shirt that had a donkey with wings on it. And By it the way, on it. from your play, my favorite one was when you guys were in a band. The Scat Pack. Oh, my God. That was... Do you have, did you get clips of that? We recorded the entire show. Oh, I want that. I want that because sure. that was my favorite. It was so ridiculous. Skitty scat, skitty scat. Oh, yeah. my goodness. But it was nice because you can see a show come out of that. Mm. You guys were casted so well that I was like, that one was my favorite. favorite Sorry one. to switch gears. No, nah, no, nah, that's cool. I appreciate it. I mean, thank you for even coming. That makes yeah, me very happy. Yeah, I appreciate yeah, that. Yeah. So, so you guys were the fly asses? We were the fly, <laughs> we were the fly asses, we called ourselves. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> but eventually, so I remember my friend BZ, he's one of our fashion de- fashion designer, and mm-hmm. he was like, I'm going to get this t- tattoo called, it's going to be either Stay Cool or Coolness. And we were like, don't get coolness. That shit is ass. Don't get coolness. <laughs> and then uh, and he wouldn't have listened to us you, anyway. If he liked so it, he would have got it. <laughs> that shit is ass. Don't, is ass. Get don't get that. Oh, my God. But he's one of those people that it doesn't matter. If we, if he liked it, he would have still got it. Mm. But he was like, no, stay cool. So I was like, I called him. I was like, yo. Well, my other friend, Brandon Bing, was like, we should all get it. So there's about seven of us that have our own stay cool tattoo nice. on our arms in mm-hmm. some place. And it was all from Brandon. And that, and that name kind of grew from there. Mm-hmm. And then... As we like matured in our adulthood, we started a company where we're like, pretty much if we can do it, you can do it too. Mm, like to that's like, like your motto. Yeah, mm-hmm. like to like young kids, like stay cool. Like we created this. Um, I guess the meaning was like it means to stay optimistic, positive, focused, and true. And the whole like mission statement was to inspire all individuals to have the confidence in pursuing their to passions. Do. Right, and I love that because that's why I have this podcast. Yeah, you know, anyone who watches you will say, "Wow!" Like I said, I just met you now. I yeah. knew about you before, but I met you now. Yeah, and you would think like this guy just like gets it done some miraculous way <laughs> you know That's awesome, and it's though. just like you know smoothly going from thing yeah. to thing but yeah. 
you had a journey to get here. I had a journey to get here. And you had to practice a stay cool situation, right? Yeah. Stay positive. To go to a food bank, you, if in order for you to get to where you're at right now, your mentality had to be on point. 100%. 100%. You know? So, so what do you do with stay cool? So now that I am in L.A., I haven't, I, I'm just, I'm a, I guess, I'm not detached. I'm just not as in it as much as I used to be. Right. So, mm-hmm. but what we used to, we used to go to schools and we right. would speak to schools and do like anti-bully seminars. Mm-hmm. So we would speak to as little as six kids, as much as like 1,200 kids in, a, mm-hmm. in like an auditorium setting and like give these pretty much seminars and like kind of share stories and how bullying is not, you know. Did you experience bullying growing up? I from <laughs> I, I can't say yes, but I can't say no. So like me and my friends like we're boys, so we would just come at each other and make fun of each other right. all the time. I did. Did you experience bullying growing well, up? Well, yeah. Go, go, go. Let me I, let me I, I was I was bug tooth. Okay. Well, me too. Look, I got braces. <laughs> did you get braces? No, I didn't get braces. <laughs> let me tell you, I think I'm a racist. <laughs> I was bug tooth, and mm. I also had like so much hair, and like I was just kind of like. I was a tomboy, yeah. so I didn't really care about appearances for, sure. for me as a kid. Yeah. And once I caught wind of like being bucked too, if there's something wrong with that, mm. then I was like, well, I have to be tough. I gotta be, yeah. So I was a tough kid because, Were you small? Yeah, yeah, on top of that. And I was like, you know what? I'm not gonna let people laugh at me yeah. and like because of my teeth. So I'm gonna <laughs> I'm gonna make sure I'm tough so mm-hmm. everyone knows not to mess with me. There you go. That's how I survived <laughs> yeah. because of and I used to hang out with guys more. Mm. So I didn't really have to deal with girls. For sure. You know, the whole pretty thing. There was no pretty in me at that time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So but I knew like, oh, these teeth, these people are making <laughs> fun of me. <laughs> That's literally <laughs> and then I'm like, um, what can I do about this? So bullying was like a f- thing that I went through for a lot. Well, I guess I should time. retract that statement because I have that same exact story. I was always the shortest kid. Like, I didn't get over five foot until I was in ninth grade. Oh, uh, so, so And yeah. I also had buck teeth. Um, yeah. But I <laughs> didn't let... And I was sensitive. Like, I will cry sometimes, but yeah. I, I developed this tough personality yeah. where it didn't necessarily phase me in that way. And mm-hmm. I had a whole squad. Like, we had a whole team. So, like, right. bullying wasn't necessarily a thing where I... Where, uh, for me... For me, at like mm-hmm. later in like high school and all that good stuff. That you have to, yeah. I I didn't have a squad, but I was like, don't mess with me. Yeah. And, and then I would do wrestling during recess yep. with the guys. Uh-huh. So I I made sure, like, listen, I can handle myself. Mm-hmm. You don't want to mess with me. Mm-hmm. You know, it was one of those things. But that's interesting that you would go in and talk about that. Do you think yeah. that affected you at all? As an affects you at all as an adult in the way that you. Well, me speaking to the kids. Yeah. I would say so, yeah. I will never forget we were speaking to the one kid and and I told my this story of uh, one of my acting stories and the one and I pretty much said you can be whatever you want to be. And I remember the little kid stood up, we gave him a microphone, and he was like, So if I wanna be Chase Utley, I could be Chase Utley. I know. And he was in like second grade and I was like, Yes, you can. <laughs> <laughs> you can do it. But like the fact that he just yeah. was like listening to yeah. what we were saying. Just shows that, like, even when you don't know, people are listening. Mm-hmm. Even like, like, even in what you're saying, like, even if they don't know you, like, the way you live as mm-hmm. a human and just how you are, mm-hmm. and how you interact with people and the things you say, like, they all matter. You know, like, right. they all matter so much. And even like, you owe it to yourself. Like, especially in class and soul like when I'm teaching, like, we say all these things. Like, this is your time. Like, do what you like. You're strong enough mm-hmm. to do it. And, it, like, I owe it to myself to try my best, too, if I'm going right. to say that to somebody else. Right. Yeah. 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 Uh, I've taken Angela's class. I've taken your class. And Soul Cycle's hard. Mm-hmm. It's just... Uh, it's an ass whooping. 
I go in there with this positive attitude, and then 10 minutes in, I'm like, how much time do we have left? I want to get out of, like, forget this whole body thing. I want to get out of here. Yep. So you, you know, you have to speak to people like me that go in there, and we're like, we don't want to do this anymore. Yep. And the motivation helps. Mm-hmm. Um, so I have questions from my guest. Okay. We have Wally from Alaska. Tell us about the moment you realized you wanted to be the actor. Like, how did that moment feel for you? So, in college, I went to a four-year university, and I was failing. I, like, I remember I skipped the final one time. I just was, I just was not, I was not doing well in college. And it wasn't because, like, I was, I just wasn't trying. Like, I didn't have the passion to try. Mm-hmm. And then when I left, I went to the community, Montgomery County Community College. I took mm-hmm. an acting class. And I'll never forget, I started doing better in everything else wow. when I took that acting class. Mm-hmm. Like, my grades got better. Like, I wanted, I was in the library, actually, mm-hmm. like, doing work. Like, mm-hmm. I was doing things that would serve me as a human and, and like, in school. And I never did that before mm-hmm. until I took the acting class. Mm-hmm. And another, like, it was it's that, and it was mixed with, I met with this woman named Lori Wilson. She's mm-hmm. a news um, caster in Philly. She was at the time, and I was going for, like, an intern internship. And I remember saying to her, like, I want to be an actor, but this job seems like it would be fun, too. And she was like, Chris, read this. And the paper said something like, five kids shot and killed in, in South Philly. Mm. And then she was like, this job is not fun. If you want to be an actor, you should be an actor. Yeah. And I was like, and I don't even, I mean, I'm sure she doesn't remember she said that to me. Right. You know, and this was almost nine years ago now, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. She, you know, it sounds like you've had people to encourage you along the way. I'm telling you, your story is just yeah. like, God sends you an angel. Here we go. Do you, what do you think about this? Yes. And you've just exactly. been saying yes. Exactly. Yes. And yes. I didn't even know, like, I just met that woman that day. Like, I don't wow. know her. You know, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I just got, was for my, my cousin was in the same church as this lady and she set me up with this meeting with her so I can potentially get an internship. Right, right, you right. You know, mm-hmm. so, and that was all within like the same, like two weeks of each other, like me doing the acting class and me going into that meeting. Mm-hmm. I was like, wow, like this is what I should be here. doing. And now I'm here. Now you're here. <laughs> now I'm here. Auditioning, managers, Auditioning. like the whole yep. shebang. So I asked my guests these three questions. Yeah. Uh, number one. Do you have any regrets about maybe the way that you took your journey or decisions you made along the way to get you to where you're at right now? That could be relationships. That can be anything. Um, regrets would definitely be, I remember at the end of the Tyler Perry thing, I didn't say, like I didn't call him and say thank you right away. Mm-hmm. And I definitely wish I would have called and said thank you right away. Mm-hmm. Like I said thank you along the way, but like when it was done, I didn't say thank you, like, mm. and I should have said thank you. And I and I remember thinking I should call him, but then I had this thing in my brain. I was like, Nah, he's busy. I probably just I wait till I right. see him, you know. And mm-hmm. I and I should have said thank you because I'm so thankful for that. Um, um, and they're obviously all learning lessons. It, it helped me get to where someone listening will take for sure that for sure making because I'm sure you felt like I should do it now and then your mindset. Don't I should do it. I should do it now. Yeah, right. I also should have. Uh, I should have cashed out of Bitcoin when it was at its height, it at its peak. <laughs> I still don't understand Bitcoin, to be really honest I with you. I got it when it was early, and I was like, oh, it's going to go up some more, and it didn't go up more. Uh, I don't understand <laughs> it. I felt like it was such a hype. I'm like, uh, what I don't understand, usually I don't engage with. 
No, I, I've made a decent amount of decent amount of money on it. You, uh, you can send some over. Send some over to you. Send some over. I'll send some Bitcoin. <laughs> we, we take checks here. <laughs> <laughs> so, second question is: What is one thing that you're grateful for? You may have a lot of things, and you're someone that walks in gratitude. Yeah. And I can relate to that. So it's kind of like a walking practice for me. Uh-huh. But what is one thing that you can say today? I mean, obviously, other than the obvious reasons of like my where I am now, the people that like like my parents mm-hmm. and my little brother and my stay cool friends, my girlfriend, like in my coworkers, like being so they're they're a big part of the energy I was surrounded by. Mm-hmm. And they're a big part of the reason of why that could help me feel that I can do anything. Yeah, anything. Mm-hmm. So and they're all here still. Mm-hmm. You know, so I'm super grateful. Super grateful. Especially with my parents, you know, super grateful for them making me feel like, for them making me instilling the courage into me to go out on my own and accomplish something. Right. And it's, again, that anything is possible and your life proves that. Mm -hmm. Like, for sure. (laughs) All of ours, we, we all create our own destiny. So there's obviously something in you that feels that there's no limit to where you could go or how it will come. Oh, I have, I have zero doubt. Like I like I know that, and this is like only the beginning of everything. Like mm-hmm. I know for a fact that Tell us. there's going to be that. I just know for a fact <laughs> there's going to be so much more greater things that's going to happen to me and the people around me mm-hmm. and to the future people that I'm going to meet. Right. Like especially like with that play we did recently. Like that was the first thing I ever produced. I produced this play. My friend wrote and directed it, and we. We we did it was a free show, but a hundred people came to see it. Did you hear that crowd though? I heard the crowd was it that was, is, was, was laughter. A, yeah. It was amazing. <laughs> that's amazing when that happens as an actor. Like yeah. we don't we never know, especially in theater, how the crowd's gonna respond if they're gonna like it. But yeah. I, me, that's what I pay attention to. Like, mm. look, everyone's loving this. I was trying you not know? to like let it throw me off because I was like, wow, people were really like Yeah. They were, like, enjoying really it. enjoying themselves, which mm-hmm. was exciting. Mm-hmm. You did a great job. Thank you. All right, so last question is, if this was your last recording, mm. I know it sounds dramatic, but mm. this was your last recording, what would you like people to remember you for? To remember me for? Um, if this were my last recording, I would want people to know that that guy just... Didn't stop. Like, I want people to know that, like, just because you don't have something that somebody else has, um, or like, just because you started at this point doesn't, and this other person started at this point doesn't mean you can't get to whatever the point is that you want to get to. Like, I want people to to know that, like, I didn't stop. Mm. Like, I didn't, I didn't stop going in the direction that I wanted to go in, because. I know that it's possible and that I can do it. And that and I want people to know that if I can do it, they can do it. Especially the young the young boys, the little the low the low kids mm-hmm. in, from like everywhere, but like from Philly, from Sheltonham, PA, they're like, if I could do that shit, you could do that shit too. Mm-hmm. And I'm walking proof of like and my friend, like we're walking proof of like mm-hmm. of manifestation. Mm-hmm. Well, it's the manifestor's journey. <laughs> <laughs> so, tell us where can we uh, find all of your stuff? Instagram and so Instagram is. How do we keep up with you? Keep up. We got we yeah. got a couple. The easiest, <laughs> definitely Instagram. Mm-hmm. Uh, Chris V Pipkin SC. Mm-hmm. So it's like Christopher Vance Pipkin SC as in stay cool. So Chris V Pipkin SC. 
My Facebook got hacked, so I'm gonna make another one. No way. Yeah, it got hacked earlier this year, unfortunately. Oh my um, but yeah, for my boot camps, when I host my boot camps. Right, because you host them here in I LA. Host, I host and them here Philly, in LA no? and Philly. Yep. Right. Um, mm-hmm. That's letsbootcamp.com. Um, for any stay cool merchandise you want to purchase or support, donate, we're going to do a boot camp soon. Mm-hmm. That's um, staycoolbrand.com. Um, Soul Cycle, you go to soulcycle.com, catch you on that schedule. Box Union, I teach get, there get as well. You can oh, catch your boxing class. Catch you on that schedule. Let's not talk about these classes um. with you. <laughs> <laughs> when you think you know how to do something and you walk in that class, yep. okay. Yep. Yeah, Box yep. Union too, Box right? Union in Santa right. Monica. We're opening up West Hollywood nice. very, very soon, so nice. you can catch me there as well. Nice. And, um, yeah. Just keep hustling. Chris V. Pipkin mm. SC. Holla at your boy on there. <laughs> <laughs> thank you so much for coming on. I'm so grateful thank to you, have Katie. you here. So, everyone, thank you so much for tuning in. And remember to always choose gratitude over fear. Mm-hmm. Bye. See you.